This is Nancy Gill with the James Exchange, and I am here with Dr. Casey Kerrigan, and she lives right here in the town of Scottsville, and she's a manufacturer, a physician, and a researcher. And I'm sure she does, oh, and I think an engineer, which, okay, so... Casey, if you just want to go through your spiel, have at it. <laughs> well, I tell my children, all their friends, that you know you shouldn't, you don't have to decide. They're all like, "What am I going to be when I grow up?" And it's like, you can be a hundred different things <laughs> when you grow up. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm, I still haven't grown up. I'm, I, I don't know what I'll be next year. I went to medical school as a physician. I got into research. I was studying walking and running for a number of years, made a bunch of discoveries that then led me to kind of redesign shoes, which then led me to manufacturing shoes and redesigning and like from the ground up, literally, and learning a lot and had to learn engineering, which I did know some engineering from all my research was a lot of, we studied all the forces and torque. So I, and I worked with a lot of engineers. So that transition wasn't too bad. And I was also a professor in the school, of, in the uh, engineering school, in mechanical engineering. So building a factory, I guess, was a little... I mean, I didn't even know which way you'd turn a wrench when I started. But <laughs> I figured it out, and I left my position at UVA in 2009. Everyone thought I was crazy. Uh, you know, I was a full-tenured professor, whatever. You just don't do that. And I did. And so 2009, I, I left and started, you know, figuring out which way you turn a wrench and started making shoes in 2011, came up with the, our company, which is O-E-S-H. O-E-S-H. shoes is the word shoe upside down and inside out. And it's all about for women because all my research showed it's women's shoes are especially bad. And women have twice as much musculoskeletal injuries and uh, arthritis in their legs and their knees compared to men. And I think footwear has a lot to do with it. I made that discovery in 1998, way back when I was at Harvard Medical School, before I got recruited down here to UVA, that high heel shoes increase the loads on the knee joints that may explain why, partly explain why women have more knee arthritis than men. That was like huge news, and but I was like, oh my gosh, you know, high heel shoes. There's, there's more to it than that. And so then I found out it's not just high heel shoes. It's, it's your basic running shoe. Oh my gosh, there. It's just really every kind of shoe that a woman typically puts on or is advertised is either just a nice looking shoe, like a high heel shoe, or just a so called healthy shoe, which I was finding out wasn't really healthy at all. So that led me to kind of redesign the shoe, which is actually pretty basic. It's perfectly flat in all directions from the heel to the toe and from side to side. So that goes against a lot of professionals would say, oh my gosh, you need like support and you need all this like cradling and stuff. And But my research showed that every time you, you try to put something in the shoe, any kind of arch support, even cradling, uh, there's a lot of side-to-side variation in the shoe. And every time you do that, you increase the impact on, on the knees and the rest of the joints. So what I'm hearing is basically the how we used to go barefoot. 
yes. So barefoot is, and that's what I'm showing, because we always had, you know, barefoot was our control, that uh, barefoot was you know, much less impact than your traditional shoe. But of course, I wanted to go further. I was like, wait a minute. We should be able to reduce these, you know, impacts. We should do everything that Nike promised that they were doing back in the 70s. So it's interesting because there's this researcher who was at Harvard that they came up with the Harvard Indoor Track that indeed reduced injuries because it had a spring. It was flat, of course. There's no contours. It's the track. But it was springy. It was a springy surface. And that reduced injuries by half. So I said, okay, but we should be able to put that in a shoe. Now, so Nike kind of like, okay, yeah, we can do this. But they really couldn't. If you put any kind of uh, contouring in it, for example, that's going to do the opposite. It's going to increase the pack, impact, not reduce it. And if you use the typical cushioning that is used in shoes, it's, it's the typical stuff is ethylene vinyl acetate, EVA. It's designed to cushion. It's cushion. It's not, it's not really designed to, be, to spring back. And so that cushion, that also increases the impact on the joints. So you have to have a truly springy surface. You cannot have a cushiony. So you're so that that says, wait a minute, you know, the how shoes are made, even like the so-called healthy ones, they're made all wrong. They're they're made well the contours, but they're also made out of this EVA that is cushions. And then of course, you know when you wear a shoe, you know, after just a couple few weeks, it flattens out. It's just like it so now you have all these contours that you didn't when on the first day that you bought them. But now you've got all these contours that are increasing the impact. So that's where they say, you know, you, you have to change your running shoes, you know, after so many miles. It's because it, it just gets worse. I mean, you were better off to just be barefoot. But now after wearing this shoe for a while, now you've got all these contours that increase the impact even further. So the engineering part of your brain kicked in because I know that you not only create the shoe and basically the sole of the shoe, but you had to create the equipment to build the sole of the shoe. Yes, exactly. And I ended up doing all, you know, because you thought, because it's got to be flat, right? Mm -hmm. And the sole has to be flat. And there's a lot of, and it's got to be made out of this like incredible material that's never been in a shoe before. It's got to be made out of something that's truly springy. That took a lot of development to find that material. And initially I was using carbon fiber. It's got carbon, these carbon fiber springs. But then I couldn't achieve that perfectly flat structure. So finally I found this like this great elastomer that I could make it out of and did that. But, you know, really had to sort of go back to the drawing board. I could have done it the easy way. In fact, i still not at liberty to say one of the big three athletic shoe companies uh, kind of licensed me or whatever. They paid me a lot of money way back when to just work with them and have, and they'd build the shoe. But they weren't going to do it the way I wanted to because I hadn't really developed yet that material. They just wanted to kind of just make something. And, um, but I, I really, really wanted it to be true. And even though I knew it was going to be a lot of work, you know, figuring this all out, you know, was going to take a decade or two, you know, I was all, all good with it. So I, I learned injection molding and had a friend in Waynesboro, Dave Daughtry, who taught me injection molding. He's 
true genius. He just passed away this last year. So injection molding, what is that? So injection molding is what everything at Walmart is like injection molding. <laughs> it's basically, you know, plastic. You think of uh, injection molding as making like some plasticky thing. But the material that, that we use for the shoes is actually a, technically a thermoplastic. It's, you know, recyclable, you know, elastomer that you, that we can use. So you can do injection molding, but it's a little trickier than just your typical plastic. So there's a lot of nuances in getting it all to work. So I was doing that for a while. We are making our shoes that way. First, he had an injection molding machine in our factory here, and then I worked with Dave who had an injection molding machines in Waynesboro. And then I kind of, something like, I think it was just Dave and I having a conversation. He says like, I said, you know, I wonder, you know, if we could 3D print this. You know, I could make this like incredible structure, this incredible springy structure with this, if we could 3D print it. So 3D printing was just kind of coming on then. And so we figured out how to 3D print it, but we had to make our own 3D printers with its own special extruder and everything. And with that, it was really fun because we got um, big grants from the National Science Foundation at this point. So I'd always been funded by the National Institute of Health when I was at UVA and before that at Harvard. And so I kind of, you know, switched over to the National Science Foundation. The NIH didn't care about shoe manufacturing, <laughs> but, but the National Science Foundation did. And um, so we developed this um, these special uh, 3D printers to make shoes, which is fun. So now we make most of our styles with the with the 3D printers and not with the injection molding machine. So and it's the 3D printer that you actually designed. Yeah, and you build them yourself. Mm -hmm. yep. and you cut out all of the metal pieces right. you need mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, exactly. So yep. you're definitely doing hands-on shoe making yes yeah we're making the machines that make the shoes right <laughs> <laughs> and, and then now i also know that there's different types of materials that you would use um, to do 3d printing and you had to also design something else because and, and i'm sketchy on this because i don't make shoes i don't do 3d printing yeah but the is it a polymer that you use mm -hmm. and, yeah and, yeah. But it's one that is finer than another one. Oh shoot! Yeah, um, because it's yeah, it it's very it's a very elastic mm -hmm. material that can't be printed with like a traditional three D printer. Um, so like you can buy this like flexible filament because most most three D printers they, they use a filament, right? Mm -hmm. But what we make our shoes out of is is so so flexible and so rubbery it would be kind of like pushing on a rope which you can't really do so that's why we had to design special 3d printers to print that stuff which we did so yeah also the sole of the shoe it's the design of it is you have like i, I don't want to say little pockets in there but mm -hmm. yeah, 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 little springs. Specific, yeah, it's little kind of springs. It's like more spring, yeah. But it's all one piece. Yeah, it's all one material. So it's really cool because, you know, I, I'm primarily interested in health, of course, and that's what, you know, led me to do all this. But then when I actually started manufacturing, you know, been to China a number of times, you know, saw how awful, how 
just it's just it's just awful for the environment for the workers just typical shoe manufacturing they use this toxic material eva is like the worst thing for our environment it's not recyclable at all there's outgassing and then there's all these adhesives that are used to glue it's like uh, mit did a study is like like typical running shoes over like 100 components in a pair of running shoes that are then you know glued together stitched together something put together but all these adhesives are also you know toxic and and then when, once you finally get all this stuff together then you have no hope of ever recycling that shoe because how, how are you going to pull it all apart you just can't so we give them to goodwill and salvation army yeah and, and try to feel good about it but you know you, you know it ends up in in the landfill yeah so that was the so I started getting really passionate about that and that you know a shoe really ought to be truly recyclable and and you should be able to take it apart and that's the beauty of the sole that we made is that it it's all one material the entire there's no midsole insole outsole whatever with all these little different pieces it's all one thing and then there there are even these little holes all around the edges that are reinforced the way we 3D print it that then you can you, you stitch on the top of the the top part so there's absolutely zero glue so you've got something that's completely recyclable the, the problem with our shoes though they last so long we've never like we haven't had the sole last forever <laughs> so we haven't gotten to that point where like you, you know you could turn in your soles and get them recycled or oh, we, that where we shred them up although we have shred we we can shred them up we have done it just to for demonstration purposes, and and people can keep the top part of their shoe. Yeah, so you can keep the top. On, yeah. Well, and usually the, it's the top part, of course, that'll wear out first. But you could go ahead and just make your own top. And so, we've been selling shoes like, like with tops sewed on it. But more recently, we've also trying to encourage. Okay, just get the soles. Just get the soles, and oh my gosh, just make any type of shoe you want. Sew whatever top you want on it. I mean, if you can sew a face mask, you can you can make a pair of shoes. It's not a lot to sew there. It's a lot easier than sewing a a shirt or blouse or anything else. There's not much material there. And um, so, yes, we have some designs you can make, and we have some people going off on on the designs that we have on on our website and then making these really cool, cool cool-looking shoes. So you could sew it. But what also is really neat for any crocheters out there, and I, I want to meet some crocheters in Scottsville, I'm, I, I, there's got to be someone we can I can partner with here. You can just crochet up from those holes, uh-huh. so you you don't even have to attach it. You just start from the sole up. So you go, you start with your crochet needle, and you go all the way around, and you make a whatever you want. And of course, crochet, you know, crocheters will tell you it's it's a lot faster than knitting. In fact, that's how we attach the up the the complete shoes that we we sell we attach them with crochet because it's so fast. It's faster than if we were to try to hand stitch them. Usually just crochet around. So you could knit something, you could sew, or just just start and crochet straight up. So you you have um, the shoe. So the one I have, it's um, the athletic shoe. Oh, yeah. So you have the athletic shoe. Okay, yes. so the athletic shoes are the only style that we make overseas. Mm-hmm. We haven't quite figured out how to make 
something that, you know, for athletic with our 3D printers and just crocheting on. It's like you just don't think of a running shoe as being crocheted on. But we can make everything else. And probably we will. You know, probably need another couple of years, but we'll, we'll be able to do it. But all the other, really all the other styles, even our ballet flat, we're hoping by the end of the year we'll, we'll be making them here. And you do sandals. Yeah, we've done that, done that since 2015. We've been making sandals. And it's really quite versatile in what people can order. Colors, designs, things like that. Right, because everything's made to order. Yeah. Right, because we, that's what we do. We, we don't have any inventory. You, you place an order, you wait a little bit. So you're a little more patient with us because we, we have to make it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so we have to 3D print it. And then, um, and oh, we have a knitting machine. So we have this industrial knitting machine that knits the top, some of our styles, not the sandals, but the, the dress shoes. Mm-hmm. So of course the question is, you had a stint um, out in the Gloucester Rockport area where I was for a while, and you started in Charlottesville, but then you came to Scottsville. I, you know, I just, I, I love the country. I've never lived in the country. I think I've always wanted to live in the country. I grew up in Southern California where there's, you know, it's congested. And that's where I grew up. I, I've always lived in big cities. I just went to school, college in Chicago, medical school, Boston. It was just always in these really big cities. So coming to Charlottesville was really neat like I thought okay I'm coming to the country I'm coming I'm coming this is gonna be awesome and just when our kids were were little oh gosh I think three and three and five I think and I thought this is this is gonna be a great place to raise them so coming down to Charlottesville I thought yay this is really great but then you know I don't know it was great but we had our factory and then I called it a factory you know it was like you know a mile from UVA and you know, we lived just outside of Charlottesville in Albemarle County, I guess technically, but very close. And she's like, why, why are we here? I want to be, I want to be out in the real country. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, and we need more space too. So I thought, okay. So I was really looking for a place that, and I didn't want to build. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's enough to build the inside of part of the, of this building, which we did in, um, in Charlottesville, you know, I was looking for something that was kind of already there and I could live there and I could just walk out the door and go tinker with the 3D printer. So, so Scottsville. Yeah. And you found it. <laughs> yeah. So I also know that you built a chicken coop. Yes. Yeah. 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 So building things and yeah, and we just got sheep. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I always, yeah, I wanted farm animals and which didn't really fit too well with our little, those uh, CCNRs. We had like, you know, the homeowners association thing <laughs> didn't go over well in, um, yeah, in Charlottesville. I mean, we tried, we had pigs, we had pigs there until the neighbors didn't want us to have pigs anymore. So uh, yeah, I really, I always, I love animals. And so anyway, yeah, we're so excited. We just got sheep and we'll get chickens. This, unfortunately, as soon as we came out here, we didn't have everything all set up and, the, mm-hmm. and the, all our chickens got eaten by foxes. So, uh. but, <laughs> but next year we'll get the fencing right. We're, we'll, we'll bring them back. We'll get some more. 
do you plan on getting goats? I, you know, these sheep that we're getting are very uh -huh. goat-like. Uh -huh. They eat. I wanted them to kind of, you know, help with the vegetation. Right. So these these particular sheep, they're from Maine. Uh, they're called Katahdin. They're hairless sheep, so you don't have to shear them. Oh. We, we could have the fur, which we could then knit and make some shoes, mm -hmm. but we don't have to. And they eat more than just grass. So they're out there now just eating all the weeds and the poison ivy and the whatever. So they eat all the stuff goats eat, but they don't like climb. They're not climbers. They don't climb trees and they don't climb fences. So in a way, they're easier. So you said Katahdin. Yeah. So they're named after the mountain? Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're, yeah, a special breed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Might want to borrow them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's the idea. We train them to... So far, so good. Uh -huh. you know, yeah. Plans for the future? I think you mentioned you have secured another research position at UVA. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, doing more research. I love research. I, I love medicine. You know, I work one day a week. been doing that for a few years, kind of like post-COVID in a nursing home because, you know, nursing homes are like, oh, it was awful. If you remember, you know, people weren't allowed in the nursing homes and, I mean, these poor residents are just so lonely. So I started going in and seeing patients um, one day a week. And uh, I've been doing it for a few years now. It's way over at Augusta Health, Augusta mm -hmm. Nursing and Rehab. I, I love it. I love doing that. So I think that's my clinical. Like, I, I don't think I'll, I don't want to do clinical at UVA. It'd be too much. Mm -hmm. I, so I'm, the nursing home is a lot of fun. But doing uh, research at UVA, so yeah, continue with that it sounds like uh, you need to keep busy <laughs> yeah well I think everyone should keep busy right I agree <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I don't know I don't know what's next but there's some fun stuff out there really interesting things happening in medicine and yeah I want to be be on top of it well, is there anything else you'd like to say before we close this out? It's just fun. I, I didn't realize how, how fun. I guess we've been here over a year now. And then it took a while for us to then move the factory down here. But I, I'm just so happy. I just, I love it here. I, I just, I want to, I'm excited about you, Nancy, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're my new friend. You know, I just, I, I love this. In Charlottesville, you know, Charlottesville is great too, but Scottsville, I think it's a community, even more of a community, which I'm so happy to just, you know, become a part of. It's a lot of fun. Well, you'll have to join the new hiking club. It's a group that Liz Knotts and I started up. Oh, I'd love to. Um, See, I'm still learning these things. I've been... <laughs> well, we just started two weeks ago. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, that's what I love. Perfect. Perfect. Our first hike, it was so hot, only Liz and I came. <laughs> <laughs> and our dogs. Aw. Oh, that sounds fun. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, we had fun. We went yeah. to Tadia Creek. Anyway, I don't want to keep you. I know you're busy and you've got more appointments after this one. So thank you for coming by and sitting at my very um, new 
kitchen table. Which is beautiful, <laughs> by the way. It's just beautiful. I love your house. Yeah. So Sarah Ashworth, if you're listening to this, this is actually the second podcast that I have recorded at the table that used to be yours. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, gorgeous. So thanks a lot, Casey. Oh, thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. And as always, if you have a song, a story, an event, or an issue you would like to discuss, perhaps it is time for a conversation. I will be back on Thursday with It's a Wrap, all things Scottsville Town Council and assorted committees discussed and acted upon during the month of August. Have a great day.